Good and gracious God, we come before you and we thank you for once again joining us at the space of communion. We thank you for what it reminds us of, that you love us enough to die for us. We thank you for the words that Mark shared from that Emmaus story. and In that story, that they saw who you were when you broke the bread. May we see you even more clearly as we have broken the bread today. I praise things in Christ's name. Amen. Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been in a, a meeting or an important situation and your phone goes off? I mean, it happened to me on Thursday night a little bit ago. My phone went off right in the middle of preaching. That's a bad experience to have, right? The preacher's phone buzzed in his pocket. And what do you do, right? You have to hit a button on your phone. Maybe it says, I'll call you back later if you're polite, or you'll say something like that, or you just click the button so it goes off, and then you hope that you remember to call them back. We live in a time and a place where what we tend to do when we get a call is, well, we just don't always heed it. <laughs> it just happens. We drop them out, we forget, and we have to say when someone calls us back, hey, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. It happens. What's bad about that is we, we live in a time where we're used to not accepting calls. We had to do it because, right, in the old days where the telephone was mounted on the wall, uh, you only had access to calls at certain times. But with the advent of the cell phone, you have access, people have access to you 24-7. And we learned that that could be a problematic thing. And so we've had to, for our own sanity at times, turn our phones off and not heed the calls that we get. That might be okay. That might be a necessity of living in the world we live in. But today I want to talk to you about a different kind of call. The kind of call that God places on people's lives. I've always been fascinated by the call stories of the Bible. Because God calls people in very different ways, right? We, we read the stories of Abraham being called, and we don't really know all that was behind that, how God called him, but he had a sense he needed to go to a new place. We have stories where God calls people with an angel, like he called Joseph and said, hey, you need to get up and go. God speaks sometimes through dreams, and he calls to us in a dream. Like the man from Macedonia that Paul hears that says, come over and preach to us. God calls to us in different ways. The Bible is very clear that God calls. The question before us today is, am I heeding his call? My listening to the call of God. Now, this might surprise you that I talk about the idea of a call, and, and, and it isn't a topic we talk about very often, but I want you to consider something. On the day of Pentecost, when that first uh, sermon was preached after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and he ascended to heaven, and filled with the Holy Spirit, the apostles took to the street on Pentecost Sunday, and they began to preach. And the sermon comes to its, its climactic ending with these words. The people hear the sermon, and it says that in verse 37, when the people heard it, they were cut to their heart, and they said to Peter, the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you. This promise is for your children. And check this next part. It's for all those who are, are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Isn't that interesting? God has a habit, a tendency to call us. He wants something. He wants to communicate with us. He wants something from us. The Bible tells us this over and over and over. In Romans, we read these passages from Romans chapter 8, verse 30. That those God has called... Uh, he also justifies. Those, whom he just, those he justifies, he also glorifies. 
Peter said it this way, that God calls people out of darkness into marvelous light. He has called us. God calls his people into fellowship. I like what it says in 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful. He has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So God is calling, and the question before us today is, am I listening? One of my favorite call stories in all the Bible is the story of young Samuel. Remember his story? He's just a boy. He's staying in the tabernacle, basically, with Eli, who is uh, working there as the man of God, an imperfect one, but that's where Samuel is sent. He kind of is raised there, and one night Samuel hears the voice of God. He doesn't realize it. He thinks it's just Eli. Here's a voice that says, Samuel. So the little boy gets up, and he walks to where the priest is. He says, what do you want? And the priest says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Here's it again. Samuel. And so he gets up again, goes to the priest, and the priest is like, come on, what's, what are you doing here? Why are you keeping me up tonight, right? But he perceives maybe there's more to it. Maybe God's calling Samuel. So he says, okay, if, if you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. And the next time that God calls Samuel... He responds. And let me just tell you that from that moment forward, that changes the course of the history of the nation. And Samuel becomes a very important person, a messenger of God to anoint kings and to get God's plan going forward. So I wonder, could we be like Samuel today? And when God calls us, could we say, yes, Lord, speak. Your servants are listening. One of the other great call stories is our primary text today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 9. <clears throat> In Matthew chapter 9, we have Matthew describing his own conversion story. Matthew, who wrote this gospel, talks about his own conversion. What I find fascinating is that Matthew spends less time talking about his conversion than the other gospel writers do. He, he, he doesn't make a big deal about, oh, this is the thing. He could have, but he doesn't. But even though it's succinct, it's very powerful, and it gets us towards something I want us to think about today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 9. Let's pick up the story of, of his conversion at about verse 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. And Jesus said, follow me. He calls to him, Matthew, follow me. And incredibly, Matthew got up, and he followed him. I love that part of the story. It's the idea of hearing a call and instantly taking it. A big deal. A big deal. The call to discipleship, just like it happened to Matthew, I believe it still, it still occurs today in us. You see, God wants for us to love him. He wants for us to understand that he has first loved us and his love for us is so great, he wants to be in a relationship with us. Even though sometimes we haven't known him or we haven't acted as if he exists, it hasn't hindered him from loving us. In fact, I think we, we love him because he first loved us. Stuart Briscoe was asked the question, well, how do you know God loves you? And he said, well, I know it every time I look at the cross. <laughs> I know that God loves me. The call of the discipleship is one where God is calling us because he loves us. Not because he wants to harm us, but because he loves us. Sometimes his call is a warning, but that warning comes from a place of love, not anger. He calls us because he wants us to trust him. 
When God calls us, there's this huge moment of trust. Will I do the thing that God is calling me to do? Sometimes God calls us to relatively easy things. Sometimes the hard. Am I willing to follow the leading and the call of God? Will I trust him? I want you to understand something about our lives and answering God's call. If you are willing to give God your future, God will guard your future. God will protect your future. God will guarantee your future if you give it to him. I was so blessed this weekend to spend the weekend with a number of Christian youth, many from our own congregation and and many from other congregations in our community. And I was so encouraged to see young people who are already giving their future into God's hands, whose prayers are, God, send me the right mate someday, the right person uh, that you have for me, whose prayers are, are, God, help me to do the thing as a vocation that you want me to do. Help me to find my way into your will. Not, this is my plan for my life, but God, what's your plan for my life? It was awesome to hear young person after young person give a testimony to those facts. Greatly encouraged me. God wants for us to trust him. And when God calls to us, he wants us to heed his voice and do what he says. He wants us to obey him. God is counting on us to follow his instructions, and failure to do what he asks us to do can have devastating consequences. He wants for us to to follow his instructions, to obey him, uh, to do what he says. When we do that, when we follow what he's called us to do in the scriptures, what he's called us to do, uh, and we know it in our heart, well, not only are we blessed in that, but it has an impact on us and it has it on others, something we'll see demonstrated in several stories this morning. There's a fourth thing about the call that Matthew shows us. It's in the next part of this passage, and it says that after Matthew said yes to Jesus, he immediately did something powerful. It says that, that he had a dinner, and while Jesus, the next verse is, while Jesus was there having dinner in Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and the disciples. Now, This, I think, is a fascinating part of the story because as soon as Matthew comes to faith, the first thing he wants to do is to call all of his old buddies, the tax collectors who were his friends, and he wants to introduce them to Jesus. And it made a lot of waves in the community because all of a sudden here is the the guy who's following Jesus who has a bad reputation. He was considered a turncoat because he collected taxes for Rome. And the people of the community didn't like him. He throws a party and he invites all the people the community doesn't like. And Jesus goes to that party. He wants to be there. And at that event, Matthew, he wants everyone to see Jesus. I read a story, a true story, about a young woman named Jill. Uh, She was attending Cambridge University. And while she was attending Cambridge, she um, accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. She became a Christian. She was faithful in baptism. She She did the things that God asked her to do, and it was powerful on her, but she didn't want to keep it to herself. And so she was a college student. She called all of her girlfriends at Cambridge, and she said, you guys have got to come over tonight. I'm throwing a party in my dorm room, and I want you all to come. I have a big big announcement to share with you about a gentleman uh, that I've met who's changed my life. Now, all of her girlfriends expected to go there to hear that she'd gotten engaged. 
or she'd been pinned, or she had, had a new boyfriend. They were all expecting that kind of thing, and they came bringing gifts, you know, happy, happy uh, engagement. They were all kinds of things based on what they thought she was going to tell them. But to their surprise, when they got to her dorm room, and she said, i got to tell you about somebody, she said, listen, I've just got to tell you all about this thing, this guy that I've met, Jesus Christ. And she went on to tell them about her conversion story, and her girlfriends didn't know what to think. <laughs> Ten of them who were at the party said, you're crazy. What's gotten into you, Jill? What's wrong with you? We thought you were smarter than this. The party ended, but two girls stayed behind. Jill says those two girls still faithful Christians to this day. God had called her, and she wanted everyone to know the difference that Jesus made in her life. It's a powerful thing when God calls us to something. We want to be transformed, and we want to transform others. There's something else that happens in the Matthew story. God, when he called Matthew, he, he called him away from an old life into a new life. Away from what he had been into something different. There were things Matthew had to lay down. The things we have to lay down. That's kind of the hard part, isn't it? That's kind of the, the rub, as they say. If God calls me to something, the challenge I have is am I willing not only to follow, but am I willing to leave the old to embrace the new? And this is where we really come down to it, because there are sometimes things we just don't want to let go of. Old habits or old things that have been a part of our life, we don't want to lay them down. They're just such a familiar part of who we are. It doesn't have to be necessarily the kind of things you think of all vices and sins. Sometimes what we don't want to let go of is a, is a hurt. We don't want to let go of a grudge. We don't want to let go of an anger or a wrong. So we, we don't want to let go of it. We don't want to forgive somebody. We, we want to hold on to the anger we have. But when God calls us, he often calls us to leave some things behind. And that's not always an easy, easy thing to do for sure. But we have to do that because you need to understand something. When God calls us, he makes us new. We become a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. He wants to make you a new creation. You know, we did this series on faith over fear. And during that series, uh, boy, the old devil was just at work, <laughs> I, I succumbed to COVID. Uh, we had an elder who really struggled with his treatments. Another lucky who, by the grace of God, came up here today and talked to us, was really sick. The whole start of the year, we were just decimated in our leadership and, and struggling that way. There were all kinds of challenges, some you know of, others you don't, that we faced uh, during that window of time. And the old devil was just against us. He didn't want you to hear this message of, do the thing that scares you, that God's calling you to do. You know, when you hear that message, that's why I come back today. We're about to start a brand new series next week that will take us towards Easter in his footsteps, in the footsteps of Christ. But as I pondered what I wanted to preach on today, I wanted to return to the call of God because it's so important and I don't want our adversary in any way to get a victory because I believe there are some of you in this building, in this space that God has given us, that God's calling you towards something in ministry. 
And I want you to understand this, that, that some of you, the reason that, the very reason you're here is God wants to do something through you. Maybe it's here, maybe it's at work, maybe it's at school, maybe it's in the community, but there's something he's calling you to, but you've let fear, or you've let hesitancy, or you've let something else keep you from answering his call. Maybe it's in retirement that God is freeing you uh, not to go play more golf, but to serve him better. Maybe that's the call that's on some of you. For others who are here, it's, it's a call to make a difference in your classroom or on your sports team or with your coworker. I don't know, but God's, I know this, God still calls us. We need to heed his call. I had a sense of calling that was very profound when I was a young man that God was calling me. And, and the things he called me, there were a couple things that were very specific. One, this blew my mind, be kind to people. Be kind to everyone, right? The Bible says, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I have struggled to do that throughout my life, but I know that God called me to do that. I know that I was called to baptize people and to lead people to faith. And I try with all, in, all earnestness to do that. In fact, this morning, I plead with you. If the call that God is making on you is to be immersed, to be baptized, to make him your Lord and Savior, heed the call. Stop ignoring it. The day may come where such calls don't come any longer. But while there is time, heed the call that God makes on your life. It's important. It's important. Well, Matthew showed us that when we're called, we share Jesus with others as well. And he shared Christ with his friends. And we don't know for certain, but it might be that Zacchaeus would later come to faith because of this dinner that he had possibly with Matthew. Who knows who God will lead to faith through you if you'll answer his call. I, I don't know how well you know the story of St. Patrick. Do you know this story? I mean, it's sad that when we think of St. Patrick, we just think of people drinking a whole bunch of green beer, right? That's not a good reputation or a memory of St. Patrick. So let me, let me give you a, a little story true story from the life of St. Patrick. In uh, the late 300s, the world was a little different. Patrick was living in Scotland, and um, it was a time where Irish raiders would frequently go into Scotland and England, and they would raid, and they would pillage, and they would take people as slaves back to Ireland. And they raided the village where Patrick lived on the coast of Scotland. And Patrick, when he was 16 years old, was taken to Ireland as a slave. Now his job was to help with raising pigs. And as a slave, he wasn't given shelter. He had to sleep outside with the animals. And for almost four years, that was his life to weather the cold. And I don't know Ireland well, the temperature there is very similar to Indiana, right? It, it has very much the similarity, so it gets cold, it gets hot. And for four years, this young man was weathered there in the elements with the pigs. It was a cruel life. Now, his upbringing had been unique. His father was a priest. His grandfather, a deacon. And Patrick had heard about faith and about God. He'd been raised in a household where faith was described and talked about. But he hadn't really ever made a commitment to God. 
And he hadn't really ever taken that serious. But Patrick said that when he was in Ireland as a slave, he sensed God calling him. He began to remember all the sermons and the verses that he didn't have a Bible, but he began to crave God and God's word. And any way that he could find that, he would seek it as an 18, 19, 20-year-old man. One night, Patrick was laying outside by the pigs, and he had a dream, a very vivid dream. And in the dream, he heard the voice of God say to him, Patrick, your ship is ready. And that very night, like Joseph, who fled to Egypt after a dream from God, Patrick got up and made a daring escape from his captors. And he traveled an incredible distance to the coast where he boarded a ship. Now, boarding the ship, as we read in something called the Confessions of St. Patrick, was no easy thing. And there were some rather unsavory characters who wanted to bring him on board the ship to do some rather unsavory things. And that's how he got on the ship, but God protected him from the things that they had in mind to do. And because God had protected him, the people on that ship, the captain and the men, they came to both hate him but also admire something about Patrick. That ship, as it was making its arduous journey, found itself on one occasion at a place where they had run out of food and they came up against the land to try to find food to eat because they were all very hungry. The captain of the ship who was there, and, and Patrick at this point was kind of working on the ship, and the captain said to him, Patrick, you always tell us about this God of yours. Well, why don't you make this God of yours give us some food? We're starving. And Patrick said to his shipmates, well, if you will humble yourselves before God, I'll pray, and God will deliver us. And Patrick said that even as he prayed, they heard the squeal of pigs running in the woods, and they were fed. He eventually made it back home to his family in Scotland. Oh, it was a joyous reunion. They were so glad to have their lost son back. And life was great for Patrick. He had found faith. He had found God. He had found his family. And then it happened. When he was 30 years old, he lay down one night in his comfortable bed, in his comfortable home, and he had another dream. And like Paul's man of Macedonia, he saw vividly an Irishman saying, come and tell us about Jesus. His family thought he was crazy when he said, I've got to go back to Ireland. What are you, nuts? Those people are, are druids. They're star worshipers. They do human sacrifice over there. That's a crazy place of mysticism. You don't want to go there. And Patrick said, I have to. God's calling me to Ireland, and against everyone's advice and everyone's wishes, Patrick took a Latin Vulgate copy of the scriptures under his arm and nothing else, and he paid his passage one way back to Ireland, where he began to preach. His preaching was so persuasive 
that the Druids and the stargazers and, and the mystics and the earth worshipers more than once tried to kill him. But every time their plans were thwarted. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands came to faith in Jesus Christ because of Patrick. Thus the reason he was given that name, St. Patrick. I don't think he's unique. God can use any one of us to be the one who makes a difference. And God can use you to make the difference. The question is not, does God call to us? He does. The question is, are we taking his call? Are we doing what he asks us to do? There are some of you here who have never yet accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's something that you need to do. I encourage you, if that's what you need to do, answer the call today and come forward. Confess him as your Lord and Savior. Be faithful in Christian baptism. It may also be that God's calling you to something else. You may have been a believer for a long time. God frequently called his disciples and his followers to something new. Look, I'm doing a new thing, God said. Maybe God has something in store for you. I don't know what it is. God does. If you'll listen, you'll know too. Heed his will as we stand and we sing our hymn of invitation. Mm-hmm.